Welcome to the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast, brought to you by GuitarZoom.com. If you want to improve your guitar playing, keep listening. If you want to improve even faster, go to GuitarZoom.com, where you'll find all of Steve's premium courses, masterclasses, and memberships that'll help you quickly and easily improve your playing. Now, here's your host, Steve Stein. You know, growing up a metalhead and then just getting into these kind of more subtle guitar tones. I just love it. It's fun. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's cool. Steve Stein, thank you for being here, sir. You are most welcome. Guys, thank you for being here. Steve and I always appreciate every time that you show up to one of our live events. Um, while we're waiting for everybody to get in and kind of uh, get settled, I want to welcome you to another creative soloing workshop. We're doing a whole series for these uh, series of these uh, for you guys, and we'll put them there on the YouTube channel. There'll be in a nice organized playlist that you can find. Uh, if you'd like to join us live, um, we try to do this at the same time each day. Right now, it's probably going to change eventually, but right now we're doing it at the same time each day. And if you'd like to get notified of uh, when we're starting up a next live session, all you got to do is subscribe to the channel and hit the notifications button. And that way you'll get a little notice in your YouTube app or wherever you're watching this, Facebook or whatever that says, hey, these guys are going live. If you want to come and hang out, we're going to be at a specific time. So thank you for being here. We're doing the creative, uh, creative soloing workshop. All of these workshops are related to Steve's new course. It's called Creative Soloing, and it's available for you at guitarzoom.com. Steve, what are we going to talk about today, my friend? Uh, well, we're going to expand on what we did in the last session. We were talking about meandering, and if any of you haven't seen that session on meandering, please, please go back and watch it because it's, it's really, really useful and, and very important. Um, and so today what we're going to be doing is we're going to take that idea of meandering and we're going to expand it now to try and make meandering become something useful in our playing. As I said in the last time, meandering in its, on, on its own isn't a musical element. It's a, it's a growth of freedom of being able to play in more of a improvisation sense because you're breaking out of the old mentality of just playing your scale up and down. That's what me meandering does for you. So now what we want to do is we want to start trying to kind of move that into a musical place. So what I'm going to do here is, let's say again, I was, I was in the last session, I was looking at G minor pentatonic, and you could use any scale you wanted to, diatonic, anything. Um, so with meandering, I started creating something at a tempo. I was using 100 beats per minute. So if I'm going... Maybe you're using two positions or just one position or whatever. And again, we go through all of that. Certainly we go through it in the guitar course uh, in creative soloing. And then you can also watch it in the last session that we did. So now the trick is, is we start chopping our meandering up into pieces by, by stopping playing. 
Okay, we're not doing that because we have to, like we talked about in the first session, okay, where you're going too fast and your brain is freezing and you have to stop. We're not doing that. We're stopping because we choose to, which is an entirely different thing. Mm -hmm. So now what we're going to do is we're going to start thinking about playing meandering phrases, bigger phrases, smaller phrases, whatever it might be. And we're just stopping in different places. And again, we're not focusing on which note and if it's a root or a third or a fifth and a quarto and non. Again, all of that is wonderful and all of that has its place. But if you start overwhelming your, your thought process, you miss the point. So I don't want you to be thinking about that right now. All I want you to do is I'm going to take that metronome again and start that metronome. So give me a second here. Okay. So now, uh, in the last session, we were doing this. And so on. Well, I'm going to keep doing that, but this time what I'm going to do is I'm going to start breaking it into pieces. Now notice as I'm doing this, there's two things that I've now added to my playing that you can start exploring. One thing is I'm using vocal techniques, I call them, which are maybe some, some vibrato is what you're seeing from me. We already talked about sliding and, and uh, you know, hammer-ons, pull-offs, that sort of thing in the last session. Now what I'm doing is I'm adding in a little vibrato. If I land on a note, and this is just something that I would do naturally, that's why you're seeing me do it. So as I'm playing... If I came to rest on a note nine times out of ten, I'm going to add a little vibrato or something like that to it. And of course I talk about those in the guitar course as well, all these vocal techniques. Okay, and the second thing you're going to notice is now what I'm doing is I'm playing with the ability of being able to play quarter notes or eighth notes right? Instead of just playing everything as eighth notes, dot, 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 dot. Now all of a sudden I can have the freedom because I am stopping or pausing on notes. Ba-da-dum, ba-bum, bum, ba-da-da-dum, right? I can all of a sudden kind of go backwards into what we can call quarter notes. Again, my brain isn't thinking about things in terms of whether it's a quarter note or a half note or an eighth note. I'm just, I'm just messing with the rhythm. When I hear a beat or a tempo, so it takes a little while to get comfortable with whoops sorry i got to shut that off there with doing what i'm doing it all starts with meandering though. If I haven't fully developed my ability to meander or my tempo is too fast, this is gonna fail, okay? So mm -hmm. again, please remember that the two things to always remember, number one, avoid all or nothing. Avoid having to master perfect everything there is before you actually start learning how to make music. You can make wonderful music in one position on the guitar, 
or two positions on the guitar or whatever it might be. You can make wonderful music only knowing pentatonic and not really understanding all your modes and all your theory, okay? And I'm not making light of those things. It's all important, but it's all important at the right time. And where all of our paths are different. So what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be a bit more intuitive in the positions that I'm playing in, in trying to create phrases. So I'm not thinking so much about the notes that I'm playing or that not, excuse me, the notes that I'm emphasizing or landing on. I'm not really thinking about that at this point, because if I think about too many things, and Dan had mentioned this in the last session, I'm just going to get confused. If I start trying to overload my brain with too many thought processes at the same time, I'm going to wind up right at square one where I was the last time before I started doing this. And the goal is, is to convert your playing, convert yourself to a new self. So when you get done with this training, you don't play the same way you did before. You don't look at the fretboard the same way. Your fingers don't move across the fretboard the same way. So it's not just an end game of, well, I'm going to spend 10 minutes doing this and then I'm going to go back to everything I used to do. You really have to fight to change yourself. It's like, you know, trying to stop smoking or drinking or God knows what it is, right? But in order to, to really change yourself, it takes effort. It's not just usually a flip of a switch going, oh, okay, I won't do that anymore. You know, you really got to, you got to be aware of it. And that's the key with soloing and, and learning about the fretboard and making music is changing the way that you think about it. It doesn't always have to be harder. It just has to be smarter. You have to learn how to work, work smarter, practice smarter when you play. Very cool. You're just reminding me of something. Um, guys, there's a, a book called Atomic Habits. Atomic Habits. And I can't remember the author. Maybe somebody that knows could put the, the author's name down there in the comments box. It'd be helpful to other people who are watching this. But I think uh, the whole point of that book was that we come up with these goals. Like, I want to be able to solo. I want to master all the positions of the pentatonic scale across the fretboard in all keys. I want to learn uh, modes. I want to do, I want to be able to play this th song or that. And we come up with these ideas. We come up with these goals. The, this guy who wrote this book said, essentially, goals are great, but they're only like 10% of the equation. The other 90% is developing the habit that's going to help you get to that goal and achieve it. Because most people say, I want to lose weight or I want to read a book a month or something, but they don't develop the habit of like, okay, if we don't read a book a month, probably going to need to carve out 30 minutes a day every single night before you go to sleep to read, regardless of the excuses that you might come up with. Like I'm tired. I would rather binge watch the office or whatever your excuses. So we have to develop these habits. And uh, I think a really useful thing for musicians and guitar players in particular is we need to come up with uh, like whatever your goal is, uh, is great, but come up with the habit of practicing of let's say, 15 minutes a day. It doesn't have to be three hours. It could be 15 minutes. You're going to make a habit of it. And then you just do it like on autopilot. And that's how you become that new musician, that new player. You're, you're no longer the same player only because you have the discipline. Like Steve said, it takes effort, but you have the discipline to not only put forth the effort, but to put those parameters in place because we as humans are really um, easy at deceiving ourselves of like, we're going to do more than we do <laughs> or we're whatever. And, but create the habit, a space and a time and a particular thing that you're going to work on and then stick to that habit so that a month from now, three months from now, you've made some real progress. And when you look back, you're like, man, I am 
I'm not the same player anymore. That's super exciting. Well, and I would tag on that too, that understand that if you're going to have a, 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 a goal of 15 minutes a day, and again, I'm not downplaying it. I'm just being honest. Think about it. If you have a goal of 15 minutes a day, but you have 30 goals, how are you going to fit 30 goals into 15 minutes a day? You're, you know, I mean, I've had people that have said, yeah, you know, I practice this for two minutes and then I practice this thing for a minute. I'm like, I, it takes me longer than that to go to the bathroom. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I, I don't, I don't know how you can set a goal of one minute. You know, I'm not saying that it's not possible on occasion to get something really impactful from a minute or two of, of practice or study. It happens. Don't get me wrong. But if you're going to cultivate something and you've got 15 minutes, you need to slice down the amount of obligations you've given yourself and be realistic about what your goals are going to be for those 15 minutes. You know, I'd rather have you work on, you know, one or two things that are really important for 15 minutes than 14 things, which means you're doing one minute, you know, for each, each thing. It's really hard to, to get growth out of that. So what I like to do is if I come across a, an idea, whether it's a lick, a pattern, a technique, a thought, uh, an application on the fretboard, a visualization of the fretboard, and even back when I was a, when I was younger, noodling was a bad thing. Like noodle now, so I never did it. Now I love to noodle on the guitar, but I I do it in a way that is beneficial for me in the bigger picture. So I'm not wasting time. What I'm doing is I'm I'm listening to the notes and how they correlate with a chord, or you know I, I come across a, an idea like I was just meandering, like I I've been talking about, and I come a, across a I'll think something I just did, and I become aware of it and go, whoa 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 whoa, slow down, stop everything. Let's look at what that was. Let me figure out what that thing was. And then I'll sit and I'll do it over and over and over and over and over. And all of a sudden, everything else that I was working on has now taken a back seat to this current thing that I'm trying to focus on. Because if I don't give it enough time, the problem is three days from now, I'm going to forget whatever it was. I'm going to go back and go, what was that thing I was doing? And it was on a website and I can't remember or it was on page 42. I don't remember what it was in. And it's gone. And it was something that was really great that really could have benefited me. So I've, I've really learned to trim the fat. Now, again, I've been playing my whole life. So I, I know I, I'm not, I, I can't, it's easier for me to say than, than for a lot of other people, but I've learned to trim the fat. So I'm not always just obligating myself to everything because I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to play all these scales every day. And I'm supposed to practice my theory every day. And I'm supposed to do this and this and this. And I did that for years. And, and again, I'm thankful I did. But now I focus on the things that I find that are most important for the way I feel and the way I play that make me feel good. And both internally and externally with my playing that can benefit somebody else that listens to my playing, if that sort of makes sense. So, you know, do I practice seven hours a day anymore? I do not. I, I spend a lot of time with my family and things, doing things that I never did when I was younger. But when I do grab the guitar and I do practice, it's always very focused and productive every day. Because there's not a day I don't pick up the guitar and practice. Not a single day of my life that I don't pick up a guitar and practice. Uh, almost. But it's always, there's always a purpose for it. Right. And it's not just 10 minutes of this and five minutes of this and three minutes. Sometimes it's like, man, I got to write a solo for an artist. I've been hired to to write a solo. So what I need to do is um, listen to that song and get to know it and explore. And OK, wow, I didn't know that much about that particular scale. And again, I, I don't want to go off on a tangent, but 
I just want you to understand that sometimes it's okay to be creative. It's not always just about the rudimentary practice, which is important. If you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to support the podcast, go to guitarzoom.com and consider becoming a premium member. There are three memberships to choose from. VIP, which gives you instant access to a library of short but powerful courses as well as new bite-sized lessons each month. There's also Play Songs that gives you step-by-step lessons so you can learn to play your favorite songs fast. And finally, there's Masterclass, university-level training on everything from soloing to music theory, from blues to home recording. For more info about these memberships and all the premium courses available to you, go to guitarzoom.com. Now back to the podcast. But sometimes you've got to allow yourself space to get creative. If I don't look at my fretboard... and learn how to play some sort of phrase that sounds musical to me, that feels good to me, that I would use in a real-life playing situation. I'm just going... every day of my life. And again, I'm not making light of that. I've done that... I can't even tell you how many countless hours I've spent doing those things. (laughs) I'm just saying that sometimes it's nice to, to kind of turn that off and go... and look for something different. Some of my favorite players are absolute shredders, and some of my favorite players are not. So, It's very cool, man. I was just thinking, Steve, um, the new course, guys, by the way, is called Creative Soloing by Steve Stein, and it's available at guitarzoom.com. If someone wouldn't mind putting guitarzoom.com in the comments down there in case there's um, new people who aren't, uh, who don't know us, uh, that would be super helpful, and, and I thank you already for that. Uh, I did want to mention a couple of things, though, that, that I was thinking about, Steve. Um, this new course is called Creative Soloing. It's all about being creative, okay? In order to be creative, guys, the first thing I do is learn the fundamentals. It's really hard to create a solo out of thin air if you don't know the scales. So if you don't know, like, your pentatonic scale, probably should learn that. Uh, Steve has a resource for you. It's actually one of our top-selling courses. It's called Ultimate I'm sorry, it's called Unlocking the Fretboard Connection. Unlocking the Fretboard Connection. And that entire course is teaching you two things. All the pentatonic scales, all the diatonic scales, and how those things connect all the way across your fretboard. So you have, once you have those scales locked down in your mind, just the notes, you got to learn that. Then you can be creative. You can talk about phrasing. You can talk about meandering. You can talk about techniques like bending and um, hammer-ons, pull-offs, slides, double stops, all that stuff. Creative soloing is all about that. Unlocking the fretboard connections about getting those fundamentals, just learning those scales. And and, and people, that's one of our most popular courses, unlocking the fretboard connection. Um, So... What I wanted to say, I wanted to say that in case someone was sitting here being like, uh, I'm, this is out of my league. Don't worry. Maybe creative soloing is not for you right now in your journey. We have a resource for you. It's called Unlocking the Fretboard Connection if, if, that, if you're not quite ready for creative soloing. Creative soloing is all about being creative and expressive and really being musical. So um, the, the, the creative soloing workshops we've already done for you guys, meandering, and there's actually several more. Um, Therefore, you on the YouTube channel on a nice, neat playlist. And then today we're actually talking about uh, phrasing. 
Where else do we go with phrasing, my friend? Well, I think that's enough for today. It's just really think about developing the concept of meandering before you worry about phrasing. You know, because like Dan was just saying, you know, I want you, I don't want anybody to ever feel intimidated by these conversations because it, what intimidates people is lack of knowledge or lack of ability, right? And we all have lack of knowledge and lack of ability at some level. I mean, we're all human, so we can only go so fast or understand so much. And yes, we can continue learning that, but we all have to continue the the journey. So I'm not there yet. I'm not where you would maybe think I would be or something. You you learn every day. And the cool thing about meandering is, is most importantly, you're learning about yourself. You're learning where your limitations are. So like Dan said, if you're learning that you have limitations with your knowledge of a particular scale then you know that you've need, you're going to need to battle that at some point. You're going to need to take that on and, and, and work with that. What I want you to understand is avoid the all or nothing because you don't know a scale as well as you want to tells you that you should know more about that scale. You should study that scale more. It doesn't mean you have to know every facet of that scale before you ever start learning to utilize it, before you start learning to, to, to mess with it. You, you know, if you learn a position and then learn two positions or whatever, you can start exploring it. You, you should keep going. But I say that because, you know, people get into like modes and things like that. And they go, well, I need to know all my modes before I can learn a solo. No, you don't. I mean, modes takes some people years to learn all about, right? I mean, it's, it's an expansive vocabulary and discussion to have. And if you're going to wait that long, it's going to be six years before you ever start learning how to or whatever. I'm just throwing out a number, but yeah. I don't want you to wait that long. What I want you to do is I want you to get in there and start thinking, wow, I really need to work on my ability to slide or make a really nice vibrato or a... you see what I mean? That right there isn't about how many scales I know or how fast I can play. It's about my ability to try and make something that sounds musical on the guitar. Now you might think it's musical. You might not at the end of the day, it doesn't matter as long as it's pleasing what I'm doing, right? Mm-hmm. As long as I'm the one that's happy with it, that's what I'm looking for. And that's what I want for you too. So when you're soloing, you know, I might decide, well, I need a little faster or I need another scaler. Well, that's okay. Then now's the time for me to start exploring that. That doesn't mean I have to give up my ability to be creative because if you're a working musician, you might play in a band, right? And every once in a while, you got to do some solos, right? It's nice to be able to approach those solos. Maybe you don't know everything about that particular song's soloing capability, every position, every theoretical concept, but you can make music with it. You know, I always think like, um, you know, you know, the the ever-loving brown-eyed girl kind of thing. You know, that comes up and you've got a solo to do in there. It's nice to be able to come up with something that is fun for you right? Having basic knowledge of it and basic ability to get creative with it. Maybe it's not Brown Eyed Girl. Maybe it's some metal thing or some blues thing, right? Yes. You know, whatever it might be, your ability to get creative and make good music with that, there's a there's a special feeling that comes with going, wow, that kind of sounded like music. You know, I remember being a kid learning how to play and going, I would record myself and go, that's awful. And I remember, I don't remember specifically, but I certainly remember the first time I started listening to myself going, that's not so bad. Like that's, 
that's passable. And I felt really good about that. Yes. I love it, Steve. Yeah. Man, I want to read a comment here uh, from Nancy. She says, uh, I've seen a lot of instructional videos over the years. Steve, I know you hate when I read these because you're such a humble guy, but <laughs> I'm just going to read it anyway. She says, Nancy says, I've seen a lot of instructional videos over the years. Steve is consistently the best by far. He can dumb down a complex topic or technique so anyone can understand or perform it. I will buy every course he makes. Wow. <laughs> God bless you, Nancy. Good. Thank you for supporting us. Yeah. Well, and I appreciate that. That's awfully nice of you. I mean, I, yeah. yeah. I mean, I just, that's the whole thing is, is you can enjoy the journey. You can find a way of enjoying the journey. And it doesn't mean that it's not frustrating sometimes. It, it probably should be frustrating at times, but you don't have to bury yourself with an overload of stuff and forget that the reason why you wanted to play guitar was to rock anyway, you know? Yeah. Jeez, isn't that true? Yeah, I have to remind people all the time of that. I mean, the lack of confidence people have and just those sorts of things because they're just comparing. The problem is, is they're not comparing themselves to, to one other person. They're comparing themselves to just a whole host of players out there. You know, Eddie Van Halen is just Eddie Van Halen. And I don't mean that taking light out of how amazing he is. I'm saying he's just, he's not, he's not Eddie Van Halen and Ingve Malmsteen and Tommy Emmanuel and BB King all wrapped into one. He's just one person, just like you are. But we watch all these people and then we go, oh, I got to be able to do that and that and that and that and that. And it's like, just, you know, sometimes you set yourself up for failure by thinking that way because you forget, you just have to be you. There's room mm -hmm. for all of us. We don't all have to be the smartest and the fastest and, and we shouldn't even want to be. Like I was talking about my daughter playing guitar. My oldest daughter plays, but she plays from a songwriting perspective. She she could watch me play something 800 miles an hour and she'll go, okay. I, what is that? I, it doesn't mean anything in her realm because it, it, that is right. what music means to her. She's not wrong. She's just looking at guitar from a different perspective. For sure. You know? You know, one of the things we talk about a lot, guys, is... Um, the better you are, the more fun it is to play. The better you are, the more fun it is to play. It's not really that fun to play when you're totally frustrated all the time, mm -hmm. trying to figure out how to press down the, you know, uh, the strings to make a chord or get your right hand to do what your brain is telling it to do or whatever. But as that kind of becomes ingrained in you and you become a better player, it just becomes more and more fun. And then the better you are, the more you feel confident to play with other musicians, to get integrated into the music community, to write your own stuff, to perform, to maybe make your own YouTube videos or whatever you want to do. Um, it's just, you have to hone your craft and we like to perform and we like to think about like the, 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 the destination, like here's what I want to be able to do. But sometimes we're kind of remiss in creating the pathway to get there. And like, the journey of learning how to get to there is there, there's a path. And, um, and if you're really patient with yourself and you follow that path and you work diligently at it and you create the habits around it, man, when you hit those milestones of like, I didn't know the scales. Now I know them. I didn't know and learn how to do this technique. And now I know it. And the more that you learn, the more fun it is to play. And the whole thing just kind of snowballs. And, uh, that I call, I call it the upward spiral. So there's like downward spirals. You talk about that, you know, people 
go off the rails for various reasons. But there's also an upward spiral. The better you are, the more fun it is to play, and it just kind of feeds itself. And um, so anyway, we've talked about a lot here today. Steve, is there anything else you want to cover on phrasing, or should we wrap it up? No, I, I think we're good. The, the one final point I'll say on that, though, is, is also define for yourself what better means. Yeah. You know, like better for me when I was a kid meant faster. Better for me as an adult means more creative. You know, yeah. it, we're all different that way. So, you know, if you think about the way I, I try and teach with really kind of, you know, getting real micro in the idea of, of what I'm trying to get across. Sometimes when you think about what you're trying to accomplish as a guitar player, do the same thing. Think, think smaller and, and find a, you know, find a smaller idea that you can really cultivate and, that will make you better, whatever better means. Better for me sometimes just means, you know, I, I've always used the word authentic. Like when I hear players play, I don't base players on, this is just me, but I don't, I don't base their skill on whether they're fast or slow or rock or blues, or I, I don't think in those parameters anymore. And, and, you know, I haven't for a long time. I think authentic, that's the word I always use is authentic. When you go to play, does it sound authentic? Is it something that people would hear and go, yeah, that sounds like music. That to me is, is always the goal is, and maybe it means faster. Maybe it means smarter. Maybe it means more uh, knowledge of your fretboard. You could mean that's all up to each one of you to decide. Um, but we're not all on the same journey. So I completely agree with Dan. And I would say, define what, what it is that would make you better. You know, I, mm -hmm. I used to, and again, I know we got to go, but I used to have students that they would, we'd jam together back in when I used to do one-on-one -on -one lessons and we'd be jamming and they would go for a bend and they would just butcher the bend, right? Cause they don't, they understand the concept of the bend, but the actual control isn't there. Mm -hmm. And then you could just see them get red and sweaty. And then when we'd be jamming, they'd stop trying to do any bending because the fear just takes over them. Just something small like that, but their ability to go for that bend. Now it's prohibited. Like they won't do it because we're jamming. And I keep, I would keep telling them, you know, well, you got to go home. You really got to work on that technique. If you want to learn how to bend and you want to use it in your playing, you got to be confident with it. doesn't mean it's always going to be perfect. We all bend out of tune on occasion or whatever the case may be, but you've got to have control of it. And the only way you can do that is you've got to practice it. It's awesome. Steve, thanks. Thank you very, very much. This has been every time we do one of these ses ses sessions, man, I cannot talk today. Every time we do one of these, um, I'm just astonished at uh, what a great teacher you are and how you can take things and uh, break them down. And, and I think there's a certain wisdom that you have, uh, you know, from playing for 30 something years and for, for teaching for 30 something years and playing for, <laughs> I don't want to say Steve, but playing for even longer than that. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know? it's been a long time. Yeah. Right? There's a certain wisdom that you have that I, I hope people can appreciate that, um, that you just kind of, you don't get unless you've kind of been around, unless you've played in bands. Steve's played in bands for years and years and years, toured through the UK, all over the United States, has taught literally hundreds, maybe thousands of one-on-one -on -one students. Oh, for sure right? Thousands, thousands. Thousands. I mean, and again, I'm not, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that I, that's what I spent my life doing and I don't need to talk about my life. It's just, that's, that's what I, that's what I enjoy doing. I played in bands and things like that, but really my, 
my ability to communicate uh, with people and get them to understand a little bit more about themselves and what they're trying to do was always kind of the thing I was good at. Yeah. And Steve also, not only did he, at one point in his life, was he teaching um, like seven days a week, hundreds of students, right? He taught Montessori school. Uh, He taught at the North Dakota State University as the professor of modern guitar studies there for a while. He has uh, played and also done session work and uh, done recording and touring. And I think there's a certain level of wisdom and uh, proficiency in your skill set at this point that I hope everybody can uh, appreciate and understand that the the words, you know, even these little workshops that we're doing here, there's some really profound nuggets that can change your playing forever on just like watching a YouTube video here, right? This is some really good stuff, guys. Um, So anyway, I I really appreciate you, Steve, and it's been a pleasure to work with you and continue to do these sessions with you. And uh, I want to thank everyone for joining us here today and for showing up to these live workshops or taking time out of your, your day to come and hang out with us. It's a awesome privilege and Steve and I are super thankful for that. If you'd like to be notified of the next creative guitar or creative soloing workshop they're going to be doing, make sure you subscribe and hit the notify button and we will notify you of the next live session so you can hang out with us. Uh, This recording will, uh, this will be recorded and put on the site for you or on the web, on the uh, YouTube channel there in a playlist. And if you'd like to get the course, uh, Steve's new course is called Creative Soloing, and it's by Steve Stein, and it's available at guitarzoom.com. Thank you for being here, guys. Steve, thank you so much, my friend. It was another awesome session. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Thank you, Dan. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye, brother. Next time on the Steve Stein Guitar Podcast. Oh. <laughs> what did you cut it with? Well, on the scissors. Because I was oh, scissors. open and I was trying to cut the thing and my finger went down the scissors. So it's oh. not bad, but I just, I have a bandaid on right now trying to get the bleeding to stop. So for the time being, when I'm picking, the, the, <laughs> the bandaid sticks out further than my pick does. So I don't think you can really tell though. But if I do drop my pick or my pick kind of shifts, you'll know why. Hey, Steve Stein here from GuitarZoom.com, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can I ask you a favor? Please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with a friend. Your feedback means more to me than you'll ever know. And be sure to check out my YouTube channels where you'll find over 1,000 videos to help you with your guitar playing. Thanks again for listening. Stay positive, keep playing, and keep having fun. If you'd like some help with your guitar playing but you're not sure how to get started, go to guitarzoom.com and look for the Help Me Choose survey. By answering a few simple questions, you'll get Steve's personal recommendation of the perfect course for you. All this and more is available for you at guitarzoom.com.